Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SEN NBA podcast. I am Christopher Tyler, and sitting across the desk from me is Luke Sakari. What's going on, buddy? Uh, a lot is going on. We are going, so Chris. distracted right what now. What is going on? If we are so distracted, and Chris De Silva. Hello. For those who can't, obviously, you can't see us because you'll be listening. Because this is a podcast and yes. not a video. But we just have TVs on with CNN everywhere. Watching, live. I have not watched a the second of basketball today. We've just been planted electoral. in front of CNN, watching President the world race. implode. It's second by second. It. This may be our last podcast. Will Will there be a world <laughs> next year? I don't. Is there going to be a world tomorrow? If next year, next week, Mr. I meant, Trump but yeah, possibly. I, I don't. That's what it's looking right now. As obviously, as, if you're listening to this, you probably know the results because I'm I'm tipping it to be called. Maybe even by the end of the podcast, I'm not sure. So anyone listening would know the result, and and I, I'm, I apologize. I feel for you. Thankfully, we don't know it yet, so we, we're not in uh, as bad of a world as the people listening are right now. That but is true. I don't take. I don't think it'll take very long for us to actually get there. So we're going to be watching very closely. We might even have some live updates. We got it patched into the panel here. So <laughs> if anything happens, we just bring up CNN and we can we can listen and we can we can uh, show everyone the latest. So we're going to try to uh, steer away from the election a little bit. Uh, try. Even though it has we'll try. completely distracted, at least me. I don't know about you two. Uh, my mind's not exactly on basketball at the moment, but... How could it be? I don't think anyone's is. It's just... No. Like, this is one of those um, stories that just takes you by... Not surprise. I don't think anyone expected this to happen, yeah, It takes they? you to, by surprise, but it just like... The memes are funny, though. If you look on Twitter, if you've been on Twitter at all today, there are some very funny memes there going is, on. A lot but, of Simpsons memes. Um, People are very clever. People are, but I think it's going to be, um, they're going to realize eventually it's not really a I love all these stats that we're having a look at where people, the, the amount of searches for how to move to Australia has increased by like <laughs> 2,000%. Um, the Canadian immigration website has crashed. These it's ridiculous. It's very funny, but really when you look at why these things are happening, probably not as funny as, uh, as we'd like. Uh, it's no joke. It isn't, and LeBron clearly he he was um, in in Ohio with the Hillary at one of her rallies. Yeah, did not help. She lost Ohio. She lost by a fair bit as well. Yeah. Right? She did. Yeah. LeBron thought, has no pull. I thought LeBron and J.R. Smith being up on stage <laughs> they have would help. Pull. But I was completely caught off guard by that one because I thought if you're maybe a first time voter who doesn't really know the ins and outs and the nuances, you see LeBron on stage with Clinton, you might think, oh, if LeBron's there, this is good. This is good for us. Let's vote for Clinton, but it hasn't happened. So a couple of weeks ago, we started the show by talking about netball. We're starting this show by talking about politics. I don't know what's going on. We talked about bas- uh, baseball last week. Talking about ba- baseball. Baseball I kind of understand because yeah. this is the World Series, all that sort of stuff. Well, this is the election. I mean, I this is... I'm normally not a political guy. I love, I. I love West I'm, Wing. I'm That's about the extent of my yeah. political knowledge. But this is just too big to ignore, I think. It's, this is... It's it, taken the it's world by stuff. storm. So let's let's start and talk a little bit of basketball. And the team that we want to start off talking about is a team that I, as a Celtics fan, should hate. <laughs> but I actually love watching them this year. I'm going to write an article at some stage about how fun they are. And you wrote an article about it as well, Luke, on the SEN website, SEN.com.au. Just hit that uh, SEN America tab, top right-hand corner of it. And uh, you can also find it uh, on Twitter, at SEN America, and yours, at Luke Sicari. The Los Angeles Lakers, coming into the season, first of all, we were all pretty much in agreement that they would probably be last in the West, if not second last, probably a 14th or 15th seed. Once Kobe left, it was all these young guys who, we know that D'Angelo Russell has a lot of talent and Brandon Ingram has a lot of talent and and Julius uh, Julius Randle has a lot of talent. I don't think we expected them to be as fun and as good as they are currently. They are... An incredibly fun team to watch and already a league pass team without a doubt. They're, it, it's really interesting. I mean, they will probably still finish either second last or third last in the West. Yeah, I do. I mean, because these things tend to even out. So I think they will. They're not going to like make a shock playoff run or anything like that. Oh, I don't think so either. No, but... I don't think anyone does. But it's they're almost ahead. So this is the way I looked at it was this is their first year of the rebuilding project because. With Kobe there, 
It was kind of you can't develop players, but He's you can't play not in. The, Especially I mean, last year when everyone was just there to see him. So he was going to play a lot of minutes. He was going to play Kobe basketball. We saw in that last game of his career, we saw him. How many how many shots did he actually put up? Forty. However many 50? shots. A lot well, that of was shots. his last game. I mean, we can, we can give him that one. Their can't shots we? he's taking away from other players on his team. Yeah, but now um, they don't have that burden of having him in the locker room. He's he's a big figure to kind of play underneath. And now they can play a lot freer, and you can see that they're playing a lot with a lot more freedom. They're having a lot more fun than they were last year. This is a terrific group of basketballers to watch. It is. And, I mean, let's back on Kobe for a minute. I mean, while it didn't, um, it didn't really help the young players, it, in a way it did because they got to learn off Kobe Bryant. So, like, it didn't store something. Whatever how much that happened. The work ethic would be a big thing. Yeah. He teaches them how to work hard. That's but, the biggest thing about Kobe Bryant. If you want to play with him, you have to make sure that you put in as much effort as you possibly can. And that is the big thing. Playing under Kobe, that would be the biggest uh, positive, I guess, playing underneath him. Yeah. Um, Kobe and also getting rid of uh, Byron Scott yeah. for Luke <laughs> Walton. Massive. Yes. Massive. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't state how big that is. And you see already... Just the style of play that Coach Walton has installed in in these young guys, and and in late game situations as well, they've been really good. Like they were on opening night uh, against the Rockets as well. Um, but he's made a massive difference, and as we expected as well, that they're, they're really running the ball up the floor a lot more, shooting a lot of threes. And we we saw with Byron Scott, he has kind of a, a outdated. Uh, style of coaching if you will so it's good for guys like D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell Jordan Clarkson and e- even Julius Randle to have a coach like uh, Coach Walton who plays a, a fast paced style uh, and good for Larry Nance Jr yeah who, my yeah. god it, did you see that game on Sunday his dunk on Sunday well, where, where, he, where he caressed oh. da- David West's head <laughs> wow that was unbelievable and that's I think- my favourite dunk of the year so far that is an unbelievable! I, I, there was one of those dunks where you just jump up from the couch. You, you yell at the t- screen and you oh. rewind it four or five times just to watch him get that second bit of height. Like he goes up, yeah. and then he finds that second wind of height, yeah. and then just jams awesome. it down. That was, oh man! He, he just went like this with, yeah. I think literally rubbed ru- um, David West's head. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I wonder what I Felt love about the head. Lakers is. I feel like they're um, they're ahead of other rebuilding teams already. So, like, I use the example of Sacramento Kings, who have obviously been rebuilding for about ten years now. And, but like, care. but what have they? Or they've been trying to be good. Uh, well, well, when you think of the Kings, though, <laughs> they've gone through um, constant coaching changes. There's a lot of that a, has to do with Demarcus, though. Yeah, but like, in fact, all of it has to do with Demarcus. Not really. I mean, there have been coaches that he liked. There was one, and they fired him. So. I just weird move. I feel like, but if you think of the Kings, has got like players not liking each other. You've got it's a culture. It's a bad culture. I know that word culture gets thrown around really easily, but that's what it was. Well, Did that's you, what it still is. You look at the Lakers; they're laughing, they're having fun, and they're they're enjoying themselves. And yeah, I mean, the wins will eventually dry up. I mean, they're not like they're still gonna win around twenty-ish games, twenty-five-ish, which is good for them because remember, if they're draft pick, yeah, if it falls outside the top three, it goes to Philadelphia. Yeah, they don't want to be too good this year. No, no, they don't. But I just feel like they've got a coach they respect, a coach that builds player relationships first, and he values that just the the human element. D'Angelo Russell has taken such a big step throughout the offseason. I don't know if anyone really expected him to be as good as he is. He's shooting at a fantastic clip. He's he's really controlling that offense more so than anyone would have expected just in his second year. Yeah, and I I always I, I spoke about this on Twitter a, a few weeks ago, or it might have been the last week of the preseason. But when you compare D'Angelo Russell and uh, Devin Booker from Phoenix, yeah. people immediately will pick Booker. But the numbers are pretty similar, and Russell. I got both of them on fantasy team. Yeah, well, there you go. Yep. Um, but Russell's—he's such a good player. He—he's one of those uh, modern-day point guards who's more of a scorer, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But he can score from, you know, from the free throw line, from from the field, and and from three very efficiently. Yeah. Um, and in a league uh, today where you need a guy like that. 
uh, a guy who's able to shoot from anywhere to to be leading your line. I feel like with D'Angelo as well, he's when he's got the ball, he's in control. He plays at his own pace. Yeah, everyone, he's never rushed. Everyone uses that word like pace, pace, pace. Pace isn't good if you don't know how to control it. Like if you're just running a million miles an hour up and down the court, that's not good pace. The way D'Angelo does it is he almost, he just, he controls himself. He knows when to attack. He picks his spot. He's really good in the pick and roll game as a ball handler, when to attack, when to pull out and shoot, when to distribute out to a teammate. That's a really, that's a quality that all the great point guards have. And it's rare to see someone so young have that. It's almost, it's almost innate. You can't really develop it. It's just that feel of the game. And he's ahead in that way. Now, obviously, defensively, he's not great yet, as if all the Lakers, like, as a team, they're still pretty bad defensively. And those things will shore up. I mean, this team still has a lot of holes. But you look at the guys like, um, excuse me, D'Angelo's developing. Even a guy like Julius Randle's really picked it up. Jordan Clarkson is proven he can be an effective scorer. If someone like Nick Young. I yeah, mean, I was going to say, I just, just got his page up. He's, he's, he's my favorite player in the league that's not for the Boston Celtics, but I'm glad that he doesn't play for the Boston Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> but he's giving an effort defensively. Yeah, Coach, is, Coach Walton's done, done the world of good for him. And he's always been one of those guys who's been a really good shooter and um, a good floor spacer. But now having having a good coach there and... They've kind of simplified his role like the Cavs have done with J.R. Smith. We, yeah. we saw J.R. Smith, he's come from uh, New York and Denver where he's been asked to handle the ball a lot and dribble and, and that's not resulted in, in great results. But with Nick Young now, he's, his role is much more simplified and it allows him to focus on what he's best at, which is shooting. According to 538, Trump is up to an 84% chance of taking this election New York Times is still plus 95%. 95%. There's still a few states too early to call. Trump currently 232, Clinton 209. We've got um, some very ominous at the moment. Photos of the, the Clinton camp in New York, and the faces are not no. <laughs> not encouraging a releases at all. It's not, it's not a good look. No, just before we move on to our first segment of the day, which is called the Starting Five, we'll explain what that is once we get to it. Uh, we just wanted to touch on uh, the Clippers really quickly. Luke, you came on Sunday Sports Center with Brett Phillips, uh, a few days ago on Sunday, and you expressed how the Clip- the Clippers are actually exceeding expectations oh, a little bit. Well, they're looking pretty good, and they're they, kind of flying under the radar a little bit as they well. They are. I mean, they look. It's it's hard to judge the Clippers because we know they're going to be judging the playoffs. Like they're always going to win. The regular plus. season doesn't matter for them. Yeah, essentially. I mean, they're always going to win fifty plus games in the regular season, whatever. But it's the way they're playing. I mean, the way they're playing defensively is unbelievable. They're forcing a lot of turnovers. They're getting a lot of steals. And that's allowing them to run and get easy baskets. And this Clipper team, as surprising as it may sound, they've never really been a team that runs a lot and gets a lot of easy points off turnovers and off the fast break. But now that they're doing it this year, it's unlocked a whole new element of their game. And even their bench. Now, whenever people talk about the Clippers, they talk about their bench. But... Like, Raymond Felton is an upgrade over Pablo Prigioni. Even a guy like Maurice Spates is an upgrade over Cole Aldridge. They're doing, their bench has always been able to score. It's the effectiveness of their bench. But they're better. They're playing better so far. Maybe 15 points in 25 minutes for Maurice Spates is what they needed to elevate it to another level. Yeah, and we saw him do that for the Warriors last year. It's almost amazing, this guy, Maurice Spates. He came from, you know... He was uh, almost a journeyman. Yeah. And then found a spot in Golden State and suddenly he becomes a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah, I know. Which is the, the effect of Golden State for you. But um, <laughs> it's it's a really good addition, like you mentioned, Luke. And the Clippers are in an interesting spot. I actually wrote about them as well. And right. They're, it's so hard to determine whether the Clippers, this Lob City team, has been a success. Because, like you said, they've won 50 games. Uh, for the last five years, barring the year which was a lockout, which they won 40. Um, so they were on track to win 50, 50 that year. Yeah. And they've come up against great teams. They've come they up against the Spurs. They destroyed the Spurs. But they've beaten the Spurs as well. Yeah. Yeah. So They beat then, Portland as well. They yeah. beat play they just They destroyed a really good Detroit team as well. Like they, They're they yeah. winning games by a large margin. One concern I still have with them, though, is... You look at their most used lineups, and obviously their most used lineup in terms of minutes is obviously the starting five. Yeah. The second most used lineup is an all-bench unit. And I feel like in the playoffs, obviously in the playoffs, rotations will get shorter. 
and Doc Rivers will probably stagger those minutes. But you've got to have at least one of Paul, Griffin, or Jordan on the court at all times. While their bench is improved, you can't have them all on the court at the same time. I'm sure that will change, though. But overall, it's positive for the Clippers. It feels different. It feels different for the Clippers. I'm getting a different vibe out of LA, and no one's noticing them. It feels like they they almost understand, and, and I wrote about this as well, that this is year six for the Clippers. So this is almost their last year. Yeah, so with with Paul Griffin and JJ Redick yeah. could be free agents at the end of this year. And restricted I think, as well. Yeah, and I think all those guys understand that, hey, this is our last, last could be our last run together. A so. lot of it will come down to health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it always ha- and it always has it destroyed them last year, and it's, it's destroyed them a few years. Yeah, yeah. It has. So if they can maintain their health, then I think they have a fantastic shot of of making a, de- a decent run in the playoffs. But again, if if that health bug hits them, uh, then you know you, they could really collapse. It was, it really, it was just depend on that. It was crazy last year. I I remember speaking to Luke at the time, and because we had uh, I think Steph Curry got injured. In the f- in the first round, yeah, yeah, and literally that twenty four hours, everyone was said, okay, the Clippers have this is their opportunity. Twenty four hours later, Chris Paul breaks his hand, and the, <laughs> that that's just the Clippers' it's uh, bad luck. It's, it's their bad luck, and I mean, a lot of it they've they've had. Obviously, they could have beaten Houston the year before as well, but but we've seen uh, to win a title, you do have to have luck on your side. Let's move on to our starting five. On the SEN NBA podcast, The Starting Five. So each week what we want to do on The Starting Five is pretty much have our best five players of the week, boys. So it's essentially your best point guard, best shooting guard, best small forward, best power forward, best center. But each week we have to make at least one change with a maximum of four changes. So at least one person leaves and at least one person stays each week. So it's like a rotating handing of the baton kind of thing, right? So we're not coming up with a different five each week. It is the same team. We bring in people, we take out people, and at the end of the year, we'll see which player is uh, is the best. Is our player of the year which the SEN Ameri- NBA podcast player of the year? Which player has gotten the most um, appearances in a starting five team? That's, exactly. That's so the way the vote's going to go. Both of you have come up with your five. There's some similarities, some differences. So let's talk through that firstly, Luke. What is your starting five? Firstly, I've got James Harden. Yep. Demar Derozan, LeBron James. Kevin Durant and Blake Griffin. And Chris? I've got uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Dwight Howard. So a few few similarities there. Let's start off with the biggest difference or the first difference. Luke, you had DeMar DeRozan. Chris, you had Russell Westbrook. Debate, please. Um, Chris, you can go first. <laughs> Chris, you can I, start. Why, why Russ? I just think it's who who out of here we, we thought uh, the... Thunder would start six and one this season. You know? Not me whatsoever. Exactly. I had them in the playoffs. Yeah, no, but, we all had but, them in there. Yeah, he, but not six and one. Or eight, no, definitely and not. Definitely not winning a road game with the Clippers, who we said have played so well this year. The disappointing thing about them, though, is that they couldn't bring it to Golden State. I yeah. will say, however, it was on the the second day of a back to back on a road, which trip. is very yeah. strange scheduling. But that's all right. Um, but yeah, they've, they've looked phenomenal, and you'd have to say that just about all of it, if not all of it, is, goes down is, is to the performance down. of Russ. Absolutely, and he has had his games there where he gets a bit off the handle, and and uh, <laughs> but he's allowed to like. The, get, but he has to die by Russ. But he has to, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the games that they've won this year, we've seen him have really efficient games. You know, shooting four for six from three, five for six from three some nights, eleven of twenty-one from the field. He was fantastic on opening night, uh, which is not this week. But if he doesn't play like that, they they don't win against Philadelphia. So he's been a large part of of why this team has been. They're sitting were equal top uh, of the e- West. Sorry. Yeah, I mean Westbrook has been amazing. Like no one's gonna. De- he's probably the MVP favorite at the moment. He would have been in our starting five had we started after week one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For but, sure. but we didn't start until now. Yeah, I feel like I I have DeRozan ahead just because the way my team... It's more about how my team's constructed as opposed to the player. So I've got James Harden running my point, and I would rather have DeMar playing off the ball than Westbrook. As in playing... Obviously, it's hard because DeMar doesn't really play off the ball. 
but I'd rather have DeMar as a shooting guard because if you look at DeRozan, I mean, his start to the season has been phenomenal. I mean, he had that he had a, a stinker against Sacramento the other day. He had 23 points, but it was 7-20 to 20 from the field. So it was his first inefficient shooting night of the season, really. But you look at his two performances before that, he had 34 points against Miami on 26 shots. And against Washington, he had 40 points on 23 shots. That He was shooting 60% in that 40-point outing against the Wizards. And he's hitting tough shots. We say, we say tough shots. For him, they're good shots. That, I mean, he yeah. loves his mid-range, hand in the face, Contested, step yeah. back, fade away, in the, getting a post and fade back. That, that's, what, that's what he does. These are his shots. And I've been, maybe, it might even be because I kind of expected Russ to be this good and didn't expect it from DeMar. So maybe that impacted the decision-making. And so what, what if, rather than going by position, we go like the... Um, so two guards and two three, guards, two guards forwards. And three forwards. Okay. Um, Would you still have... I like the idea of having a centre, though. Yeah, but a centre You is, could have a centre. The centre is... Because there's so many of them. But some, so of, them, many good some ones of them play both four and five, so then it gets yeah. a bit murky. So I reckon the two... two Two guards, three forwards. We're thinking this on the fly. We're, we're making up the rules on the fly. Would you <laughs> would you change your team though? Would you still have DeRozan if you just say, all right, the best two guards from the week, Harden? Would you have Westbrook or would you would you stick with? I'd stick with DeRozan. You would. Yeah. Same with you'd stick with Russ. Yeah, I'd pick Russ. I would actually have Damian Lillard before I have DeRozan. Really? Because I think DeRozan he has played well, but I don't know if what he's doing is sustainable. Like he's shot almost. 55% in the mid-range on shots that throughout his career he's only shot 40% in. Yeah, but is, that, is the question... The question is this week, though. It's yep, right. games from week. November 2nd yeah, to yeah, November yeah, 9th. Yeah. So I, I, I pretty agree with you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's sustainable for a whole year. But if we're looking at the evidence Strictly of this... this week. This, this week. This week oh, I give the slight edge to the mark. I mean... The Sacramento, the, excuse me, the Sacramento loss where he played pretty poorly does weigh on my mind a little bit. But his overall body of work probably, I don't know, it give, I give him the benefit of the doubt after one bad game. All right, I'll go, we'll go DeRozan. We'll lock in DeRozan. All we'll right. lock in Harden and DeRozan for the two guards. And your forward spot. So you both had LeBron. Yep. So and, LeBron's in. And, and Durant. Both had and Durant, so he's in. So, and that, in. so that fifth spot. I had Blake. And I got Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's one that's really impressed. He's really found his spot. I think we did we speak about it last week, how he seems to have finally found his home. He feels comfortable. The spotlight's off him a little bit. Yeah. I think the pressure's gone because no one expected him to be the guy that he was back in his Orlando days. When he went to the Lakers in the first place, he was expected to be this you know, dominant force. I guess the next Shaq, you could say. Some people yeah. were saying Shaq 2.0. That wasn't the case. And playing next to Kobe didn't really suit his style a little bit. Same thing when he went to uh, to, to Houston, was playing next to James yeah, Harden. Was a disaster from the start. Those teams didn't suit how he plays. He's yeah. finally found a home where he can play his brand of basketball, and he's been looking really good. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, Go for it, Chris. You had him uh, in the team. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he, again, even today, he was fantastic in Hawks if uh, they beat the Cavaliers. And coming into this game, the Cavs had won the past 11 against Atlanta. And I think what Dwight gave them what from what I saw today was they gave him that presence in the paint that... They didn't really have... Everyone knows Al Horford's a great defender, but Dwight Howard packed that paint and really terrorized Tristan Thompson today. And the Cavaliers actually couldn't have Tristan Thompson on the floor against Dwight because he was just so ineffective. And they went to Channing Fry to drag Dwight Howard out of the paint. And he was there. He was altering shots, altering LeBron, Kyrie, all, all those guys who went into the paint kind of had in the back of their mind that Dwight Howard's in there. And I think um, that's just what he's done throughout this week. He's had uh, three 2010 games uh, in his last three games. Obviously, they had a disappointing loss against the Lakers, but, I mean, 17 and 12, two blocks a game, 61% from the field. I, think, I don't think you can go wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, Dwight's been impressive, but I feel like with Blake, he's doing it all. Like, he's doing so much. I mean, his shooting numbers aren't that great to start the year, but you look at his rebounding the ball, he's passing the ball a lot more, he's making a bigger impact on the defensive end. I feel like he's doing these things that we kind of, we knew he could do and we kind of hoped he could, but now he's actually doing it. And the the Clippers start 
as the Hawks have been impressive as well, but I feel like the Clippers' start has helped me give Blake the benefit of the doubt here because he's been a big part of their of their winning. They've only lost one game to start the season. So I just feel like the way he's doing it all, his versatility is almost... It's, we haven't seen it from him yet. Like he's un, Every year we see Blake go to another level, and I feel like we've seen it already. And I feel like this week, he, was, he played four games this week. Just against the Spurs, Like this was his best game, right? He had 28 points. He was 13 of 19 from the field. He had five rebounds, three, three assists, and a steal. And then the next day, he had 10 rebounds and nine assists against Detroit. So, like, he almost had a triple-double the next day. So, he's doing he's, he's He's not shooting the ball great. Like, his field goal percentages are down, but he's making up for it in other areas. Big time. I'm going to go with Howard on this one. So, our All starting right. five for this week, we're starting off our two guards are Harden and DeRozan, and our three forwards are Durant, LeBron, and Howard. So, next week, we have to get rid of at least one of those guys and get rid of at most four of them. So one of them has, has to at least stay. So we'll see how that goes, and we'll try to do that each week and, and hopefully have a bit of fun with that. Now, the next thing we want to have a look at is something uh, that we're calling you're wrong, right? So each week we want to have a look at someone in the media or or even... Anything. A, anything. Anything. Anything in the basketball landscape. And tell someone why they're wrong about what they say. So whether it's a tweet or an article, and I've got I've got a big one. And we Ooh. kind of touched on it before. I was so wrong about the Lakers. Oh, Coming So you're into, saying yourself was you're wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> Tyler, I, I, you're wrong. I, th- I thought of this <laughs> segment a couple of weeks ago and never would I thought I would put one of us in there. But right off the bat, I'm putting myself in. I love watching the LA Lakers. We touched on this before, so I won't go too in-depth on it. But I just wanted to this, – this is my nomination for the, the, the inaugural Your Wrong segment – I am 100% wrong about how good the Lakers were going to be this year. I love watching them. They are one of the most fun teams to watch. And it sounds sacrilegious, but I, w- I want to see more of them on national TV. I want to oh, watch... Oh, they've got plenty of national yeah. TV games. Then they would. <laughs> they always have, even when they've been terrible. But I want to see them as often as possible. I, I, I don't want to see Warriors anymore. I'm, I'm done with the Warriors. You're we can get into that later. Warriors. I'm done with... I, I can't stand watching him. I'm down. all on board the LA Lakers train. November the 9th. So, I, Chris I don't Tyler, think, I don't think you are one. wrong. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. Oh, I love him. I, I'm, and I was I'm wrong at the start of the year. Yeah. I thought they were going to be terrible. I'm writing this down November the 9th. Chris Tyler's done with the Golden State done. Warriors. Done. One hundred. I'm not going to. I still think they'll win the championship. I just can't watch them. Last year, they're my favorite team to Why? watch. Oh, they're just. I, I, I get very um, uncomfortable watching Kevin Durant. I thought I was going to be fine with that move from uh, from OKC. I just I don't like what he's done to that team, changing the dynamic. This was uh, the, the the best team to watch last year. There was, I, I would prefer watching Golden State. To, uh, to Celtics. That's how much I love watching them. I'd always tape them when they were on national TV. I didn't have league pass. So I would always try to you know not watch uh, not watch the game during the day or watch it at night as if it were live, all this sort of stuff. You had Steph shooting ridiculous numbers. There's all these little storylines going on throughout the year. Now it just seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to win. And if they don't win, then... You know, it's it's almost a, a waste of a year. Kevin Durant comes in and he plays as if they need him when they never really needed him. I just... I. For someone, it, it comes back, and we've spoken about the Durant move already, and everyone's had their take, but it's just made it really uncomfortable for me to watch him because when you can't, when you're on a team for as long as he was on OKC, and he was on a good team, and he decides to move to the one team that he couldn't get past, it's really starting to to make it uncomfortable for me to watch him. Yeah. Real, I, I just, I, I don't like. His demeanor, he's, it, it seems like he's saying, all right, boys, come on, jump on my back, let's do this, I'm with you. Mate, they didn't need you. I'm not saying he's not a good player, he's a phenomenal player. When you're the top three players in the world, you're one of the top three players in the world, you really, you, you, you have to, you have to, I don't, I'm going to write an article about this later in the week, so maybe my thoughts would be a bit uh, more clearer. But when you're a free agent, you should only move for a number of reasons. One of them is money if you're not getting the money that you deserve, which is fair enough. Make as much money as you can, right? Yeah. And he could have made just as much, if not more, staying at OKC. He could have made more. He could have made, made more, more, right? So yeah. he's taking a pay cut. Next one is if you're in a bad situation. So if you play for Sacramento or someone like that. We spoke about before how their culture is terrible. Yeah. If you're playing with them, you want to leave. Third one is if you've got a bad coach or you've got a bad situation where you don't really get along with any of, of your teammates or, or your coach isn't playing in the right position. And I understand that he 
might not have gotten on with Russ, but it's not the same thing as I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the coaches, you know, not playing you as much as, as you would like or, or something like that, right? The, the, the system isn't suited to your strengths. But doesn't that just – I mean, I, I know where you're coming from. I, I disagree, but I know where you're coming from. Doesn't that almost, like, disregard the – the point of free agency, if you're putting like caveats and rules of why you should leave a team, no, I'm, I'm saying they should be allowed. Free but I don't is... like the fact if they're doing it because he's on a comp- he was on a competitive team. There was not a year, oh, well, no except for his yeah. early years. Yeah. Once he hit his peak, once they became a playoff team, they were always championship contenders. And there was one team that was always a struggle to get through being the Warriors, and he decides rather than sticking around at Golden State, and everyone's had their take on this, so it's it's not it's nothing new that I'm saying, but it's just been highlighted a lot more since I've been watching them more and more. I just get so frustrated watching him and saying, mate, you, you shouldn't be on this team. This team isn't fun to watch anymore. When I was, when I was watching uh, them and play... And the fact that Steph Curry chews on his mouth guard, I hate that. <laughs> when, I hate that. When, they were watching, uh, when I was watching sorry, them play the Thunder last week, I was thinking... I don't know about you guys. I don't. I don't really enjoy this game. I, I hated it because here's a a rivalry that should have been one that had four or five years worth of you know playoff battles. Yeah, we got one. Yep, we got one, and it was Titanic. And I feel like as a basketball fan, we've been robbed of this rivalry that could have been something special. I mean, imagine this year if KD had stayed in in Golden uh, in uh, OKC. OKC. Him and Russ going at it again. And just those two, KD and Russ, and I don't know if they'll ever get over uh, what's happened this summer, but they're almost imperfectly perfect for each other. Cause Absolutely. They didn't play the way that the Warriors play, the way the Spurs play, but they still won. They They showed that there was a way to win without... Without all this, and I know it's hard playing in the playoffs a whole bunch of times and then falling at the last hurdle. But if you're a competitor, if you're the top three, if you're one of the top three players in the world, you have to really stick to your guns and say we're going to beat you. We're going to try. We're going to train twice as hard, and I know it was a hard training and all that sort of stuff. But you can't just ditch the team at the last minute. And he and he had a. It's not like he was. It's not like LeBron James in Cleveland the first time. This guy was playing with a top five player. And LeBron created his own team, which I find a little bit different. He's not jumping aboard a team that won the championship two years ago and won seventy three yeah. games a year before and were championship favourites. Without Kevin, Dur- if Kevin Durant didn't go to the the the, um, the Warriors, they still would have been yeah, favourites for the title, if not second favourite behind Cleveland. When LeBron went to Miami, they weren't. Going they were to be a forty five win team. They weren't 40, going to be forty seven. They weren't going to be yeah. a championship contender. Nah, he, then LeBron came on, Bosch came on. They had to build that from the ground up. They built up. that together. That was their team, whereas this isn't Kevin Durant's team. But he's still getting the same amount of shots. He's still getting the same amount of looks. And granted, he's getting a lot of them in. But it's not his team. And he's trying to make it his team. I might be... Either of you agree with me in this? I do. You do? Yeah, I don't. He's, I do. he's trying Luke, to act Luke's like it's just his a team. Fan. No, I'm not a Warriors <laughs> I love the Warriors last year. I'll, I'll be the first one to say I loved the Warriors last year. I, I was hoping they would win. And I know you guys I didn't. didn't because you were Cleveland <laughs> fans. But I wanted them to win. I want, I'm, I was wrapped that they actually went for the 73 wins. I'm, I'm glad they didn't rest any players. They, they wanted it, and that's fantastic. And we got to see history, and I love that. And I wish they would have continued on because now people are saying that they should have rested them when it was a good move that they I, didn't. I think... Um, but this year... From, from watching the Warriors this year, it's the joy seems to be gone from their play. They... Even when they do win, it's like, oh, why didn't you win by 10, why, 15 points? Is it just that too much pressure? Even yeah. though last year they were coming off a season where they won the championship, yeah. this year it's different because they brought in a top three player in the world. Yeah, and but that's... Sorry to yeah, no, jump in, but look at all the super teams in their first year. There was no joy in the 2014-15 Cavs. There was no joy in the 2010-11 Miami. But again, that, These things that Cavs time. team brought players, but so that they, they yeah. brought... Um, Kevin Love and LeBron in, so it was. It wasn't an already established team, no, anything like it this. It wasn't, but like Warriors are an established team, and he's coming in there and kind of trying to take over. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's trying to take over. I, I don't. He's get still that. taking exactly. He's not sacrificing anything monetary wise. He's Cur- not sacrificing uh, anything. Um, Steph and in his Clay, game. He's not sacrificing Steph any and shots. Clay are taking pretty much the same amount of shots as well. I mean, yeah. uh, you say there's no joy. I saw a lot of joy when Steph Curry broke that three point record yesterday. That uh, was not nah, oh that I, was unbelievable. Was, I thought that was, was good. exactly like a last year's Warriors team had Steph dancing. He was making his funny faces, whatever he does. <laughs> that was 
Like, but they needed every one of those threes to beat the Pelicans. Yeah, like, but I mean that, that that's it was a sigh point. of relief more than anything. <laughs> yeah, but I mean when you have someone like setting a record, it's just it, that. I mean, you're always going to be joyful when that happens, but you can say, I mean, they don't look as happy as last year. But that I don't get the vibe that that's because of the because of Durant. That's just because of the expectations. Yeah, and like look at all the past super teams, they're never as like joyful as they should be in the first time around. Eventually, the Warriors will be fine. Like, I don't... They've got legitimate on-court concerns, like concerns on the court, room protection. We, that's a whole other conversation. We'll leave that for another day. But I don't... I don't know. I, I just think... I, I just feel like whenever Kevin Durant celebrates, right? Whenever he hits a basket and screams, you know, he's, he's done that a couple of times where he's been pumped after a dunk or after yeah. a, a big shot. They but could that, have done it without him. But that's fine. He like, seems to be acting like... You're allowed hey, to get We're winning because of me. No. You're not, no, not. I, I don't. You're allowed to be pumped up if you make a good play. I like, feel that's like allowed to happen. No, it's like it's not. Uh, you're, you're, you're very harsh. Can I just say though, when he first made the move, I was against it, but I wasn't this again. Like I, I didn't care too much. I've actually it's warmed, just since I've, I've, I've been to watching. It yeah, more, I've, I've been completely I've done the opposite. opposite to, yeah, completely <laughs> opposite, opposite path. I've just warmed to it. And I've just accepted the fact that Luke's, hey, Luke's just a Warriors fan. Now. Yeah, no, clearly. I've just accepted this is the reality that we live in. Like he's why? just rolling over and, and just no, no. jumping on the. He's doing a Kevin Durant, just jumping on the bandwagon. No, I've just decided to. <laughs> so now, you, so you're a Warriors fan and a Cavs fan, so. You've no. Luke, no, no, hey, I've just Luke, decided, he's Luke, covering all bases. Luke, true or false, you own a Warriors jersey. I own a Monte Ellis. A, a Monte Ellis jersey? Is it really? a Warriors jersey? It is a Warriors jersey. I own... I rest my case. I've got I a gold own, state of mine t-shirt. I own 14 Cavaliers jerseys. <laughs> 14 Cavs jerseys? 14. But you I own, own two but Celtics own, jerseys, but that's about it. I own a Phoenix jersey. Actually, I own a LeBron jersey. jersey. I own a LeBron original Cleveland jersey. Two Utah jerseys. Oh, we can go on and on. New Orleans How many jerseys in total? It's... Basketball wise, yeah, it's over twenty five. Wow, wow. 20, what's your favorite? 25. My favorite jersey. I just got to be the black. Black. Cavs. I've just ordered the Cavs ring night jersey with the champions oh, nice. pass yeah. on it. So that's that's Wait, which which players you get? Uh, LeBron, 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 James. LeBron James. So I think that was you had to get. It. I've got three. Oh, can you can you count one that I've had as a kid? Yeah, I had, yeah. I oh, had, of course. When yeah, I was, I'm the ones I when, had I was when I was yeah. five or six, I had an Alonzo Morning jersey. That's a wow. nice one. Very yeah, nice. But it, it's for a kid. I, we, I wish it would it would grow with you. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that cool would be if, ideal if clothes for grew everything with you. In life. <laughs> because then I'd, I'd love to have that jersey again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Charlotte Hornets, 33 my, my, Alonzo Morning. My next goal is Mitchell and Ness have just brought out LeBron authentic rookie jerseys. Oh, nice! Just like from his rookie season, and so it'd be it'd be cool if you could get the. Uh, did we speak about this on the podcast a few weeks ago? Getting the uh, Andrew Wiggins Cavs jersey, I wanted that so bad. That would they, so they cool were the, the Cavs shop was selling them for a very short amount of time, yeah. and then they took them off. Yeah, I was looking to get one. Very, as well. I don't know why very hard find. Mm. Moving on to the you're wrong. Oh, yeah, let's go back to you're <laughs> wrong because we kind of went off track a little bit there. And if you agree with me or disagree, hit me up on Twitter at Christos Tyler. Or at SCN America. Let me know if you agree with the fact that Kevin Durant... And if you agree with me, with, uh, uh, at Luke Sakari, It just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but yeah, let's go back to, right. to you're wrong. So, for my one this week, it's uh, Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, uh, great one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mark Cuban, you are yes. wrong for revoking the great media credentials. Mark, what are you doing? Oh, that is ridiculous. Of, of the two ESPN correspondents. Oh, well, that's a great one. Mark Stein and Tim McMahon. It's just like I can. Do we know why? What a dummy. So <laughs> what a dummy. Mark spit. Cuban was I don't really unhappy. Like Mark Cuban as well. He was unhappy that Tim McMahon's role at ESPN changed from being a full time beat writer for the Mavericks to a more general NBA guy. Oh. And he did say this is from he was talking to the Associated Press. This was Mark Cuban. He was talking about he feels like the the sports journalism field is just going to automated insights. And he just, I don't, he just feels like the the coverage is going down. But I just don't understand, like, what, how does this help anything? I don't, what do you do? Like, as a journalist, I mean, I mean, me and Chris as well, we probably feel maybe a bit stronger than this than, than others. But it's a journalist's job to go and report the news, to go and get quotes from the team and talk to the, the coaches and the staff and the rest of it. Like, Mark Cuban is taking this away for no good reason. Like, whatever he said... It's a dummy spit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, if Dallas if Dallas started 6-1, would this happen? Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? 
if Dallas started six and one, this would not happen. Like, let's be honest. If Dallas were winning, yeah. it yeah. wouldn't happen. No, I, agree. I agree with so, you. So, like, I just... He's not used you're to wrong. losing. Like, you're <laughs> no. wrong in revoking these media credentials. That's a great one, Luke. I, I don't like it. I, I, oh, horrible. Try I, following that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good one. Uh-huh. Um, this was written... This was... One of my friends showed it to me. And it's written by Nick Bugby. A guy called Nick Bugby. And it's got f- top 15... This, this is a headline. Top 15 all-time NBA players that are better than LeBron James. Wow. It's, it's, and this was, good, this, this was posted on, on the day that LeBron James uh, surpassed Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon to be uh, top 10 in points scored. Now, I'll read, I'll read the first paragraph. I'll start reading and tell me when you guys have had enough. So, <laughs> LeBron James is the greatest player of the current generation. But how does he stack up against the all-time greats? I don't think he fares well. LeBron has been on great teams throughout his career. And why, while I won't argue that he was the best player on every team he ever played for, I will say that without his supporting cast of players like Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kevin Love okay, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, can you name the other four? Who, that, that first team that he took in Cleveland to the finals, can you name... Oh. Drew Good the other four. Booby Gibson. Eric Snow. Eric Snow. Was Larry Donya Hughes. Marshall on that yeah. team? Larry Hughes. And That's not a good team. Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And he, how old was Are he at that time? Are you kidding me? Huh? How old oh, was he at that time? 2007. A... It would have been his fourth or fifth That's year in the That's not exactly league. an all-star can I, can I, cast. Can I, can I read another excerpt? Oh, go on. LeBron would wither away in Jordan's era. Oh. The way LeBron flops oh, and complains, oh. I would love to see him try hang with the Jordans, Pippins, and Rodmans of that era. Okay, let's let's stop there again. <laughs> you play to the refs, right? So you you play you play to the rules of your time. If he was around in the nineties, he played a different style of basketball. Of course, you can't compare the, because no, he plays this way to this style of refereeing that have... he'd do exactly the same in the nineties when it was different. Keep yeah. reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. Oh, what else do we have? Let's see. Well, what does uh, it list the players? Yeah, what yeah, players? Yeah, so yeah. he's got okay. So he's got Kobe at fifteen, Jerry West at fourteen. Even Kobe at fifteen. Uh, Bill yeah. Russell at thirteen. Yeah, well, ten Ka- rings will do that. Carl Malone at twelve, Larry Bird at ten, Tim Ooh. Duncan at nine, Big O at nine. Sorry, Tim Duncan's at ten. That's too uh, high. Tim Duncan. Moses high. Malone yeah. at eight. Yeah, I'd Doctor, have Doctor J at seven. Yeah, LeBron's uh, top five. Shaq, of all time. Shaq six. Yeah. Hakeem five. Magic four. Kareem three. Wilt two and Jordan one. I mean, he's the greatest small forward of all time. They're all great names. They are. But he is what did you say? Top he's he's top five. Top three. He was three for me last two. After after what he did last season, he's number three. Behind Magic and Michael. For you me. You have Magic yeah, ahead of him me. as well? Yeah. Well, I think he needs one I more. He's top two, man. I think You're he needs one. You know what? He's best. probably second. He, I, I, think, I, he, I think without doubt he will be by the time he's finished. I just think he's not He's quite probably played yet. as many minutes as do a lot I of dare, these other guys. He's played more minutes than, than Larry Bird. Do I dare ask the question that could he surpass? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I don't like where people say he, there's no chance he can pass. Well, that means that you're just very narrow-minded and, and absolutely no one can, can ever pass, pass Jordan. I, I, yeah, absolutely. If, if he goes the next three years and wins three championships at Cleveland being their best or second-best player... He's honestly, you better could than Jordan. convince me that he's better now. You could like, convince me as well. I, I, could, I don't. Agree. I don't agree with it yet, but but there's could, a case. Oh. You can absolutely make. But a case anyone for who it. says there is no chance that he's going to be better than Michael Jordan, you're wrong. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't. You're say, all wrong. You are because <laughs> if his career is not over and he does something spectacular, his next three years wins three championships, which I don't think will happen, mind you. But if he does, then you have to say that he's better. Yeah, I I agree. I mean. I, I just think for me, what he did last year in last that final year, series as that well just cemented his leading spot top leading team. both teams in every single stat line that has never been done. Yeah, in let's NBA not forget finals. the finals he had in twenty fifteen as well. Yeah, it's just as good, just as good, and breaking coming back from three one down, thirty two teams had tried and they had all failed. And Brian Windhorst said that this I remember on the eve of Game Seven, he said. 32 teams have tried and failed. 32 teams didn't have LeBron James. Yeah. And that's the difference. And he beat the 73-win Warriors. Like, let's not let's not forget that. Draymond Green suspension, whatever. They, they, it's not like the Warriors were just getting out of the way. Yeah. You know? 
it's I don't agree with that list whatsoever. So I, that I is that is a great that, one. That's uh, you're wrong. What's his name? Nick Bugby. Nick Bugby. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you are so wrong. That is atrocious. Now, one more segment that we wanted to do before we finish off, and we're gonna we're gonna answer some of your Twitter questions as well because each week you got to send us Twitter questions using the hashtag SENMBA Podcast. And before the show, we'll always search through all your questions. So don't just reply to to one of our tweets or anything like that. Make sure you use the hashtag. It is much easier to find. We'll go through them shortly. But what I wanted to do each week, there isn't a lot to look forward to if you are a uh, Brooklyn Nets fan. Fair to say. You're a struggling team. You haven't got your draft picks for the next couple of years. There's not a lot on the horizon, right? It's it's sad being a, a Nets fan. What I wanted to do each week is just have a segment where we simply say one good thing about the Nets. Just, That's it. Just be nice. We don't want to say anything, but nice. don't make don't be a smart ass. No, just be and nice. And say they only lost by five points or anything no, like that. No, no. Don't be smart. One legitimate good thing. We want to be positive here. One yeah. legitimate good thing about the Nets. Brook Lopez is shooting the, the free board, a very good clip. Is I mean, his last, his last three games, three or seven, two or six, four from eight. That gives him 40, just under 43%. What's more su- sustainable, Brook Lopez or D-Wade? <laughs> well, D-Wade, D-Wade's, D-Wade's falling off. D-Wade is uh, falling off. He's falling off, Lopez mate. is going up. Uh, small Ooh. sample size. <laughs> it's a small s- We'll be positive about the Nets. Hey, no, I am positive, I'm pos- Chris. There's more than In one. This there's more than oh, one. They're, team. They're, they're, can we just say like they're playing really good? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're playing really good. They, they beat, we might need to change this Nets they, segment they to another beat, team. I know. Maybe the Pelicans. <laughs> the start of the year, I came up with it and thought, yeah, we, we want to give some yeah. Nets, the Nets a bit of love. But they've won a couple of games. Yeah. And Maybe the Pacers the way they're playing. They, it, they beat the team today that was the sexy pick. The Wolves, um, to, Minnesota. Yeah, everyone's favorite team. They're not playing too well. They're not playing well, but yeah. Uh, for me, the nice thing I had to say was the play of Sean Kilpatrick, yep. who's coming off the bench, absolutely playing lights out at the moment. He's averaging 17 points, 4.2 rebounds, and two assists a game, shooting 41% from the three-point line. He's been excellent. He was really good in uh, at the back part of last year and even, pl- I believe, played in uh, Summer League as well for them and was really good there as well. He was huge in their home win against the Pistons this week. Uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds, and shot uh, 4 for 4 from uh, 3. So he's definitely one of the better young players. And even Trevor Booker is bringing a lot of energy to the court as well. He's playing awesome. No, they're they're definitely playing. I mean, 3 and 4, they're they're at the ninth seed at the moment and certainly doing better than a lot of us thought. And like, they'll probably, like, the law of averages will even out. Like, yeah. they're not going to win. They'll probably end up last, second last still. Maybe we should have just kept it to the 76ers. <laughs> Sixers. Pelicans. and Bede. We should give it to the Pelicans. 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 Anthony Davis. But yeah, every week is going to be... Well, you still have Anthony Davis <laughs> playing. <laughs> That's what's going to be every week. I'm wondering when the Anthony Davis the Anthony Davis injury comes. The, the injury uh, in uh, quotation marks. Not going to win. Just after oh, the... Oh, is it interesting? Yeah, after the okay. All-Star break, watch what Anthony Davis is going to get some uh, mystery injury and out indefinitely, and they'll just coast coast along nicely to the number one pick. Just quickly on the Pelicans before we move on to our Twitter questions. They uh, waived Len Stevenson yeah. recently after getting an injury, and we heard Matty Barnes have a very strong response to this, saying how it's ridiculous that you know the players work so hard and, uh, and and work for their contract, all this sort of stuff, and as soon as they get injured and require surgery, teams can just get rid of them. Do you agree with what Matty Barnes was saying? Yeah, I, I do. And um, people, this is why us as fans and and fans of the league, we have to we get so mad at guys like Kevin Durant making decisions. Uh, which so are, mad at Kevin. So, but you got to remember, and we saw this with uh, the Rockets way back in the day with Tracy McGrady as well. As long as you're playing, a team will want you. As soon as you're you're injured or you're you're not useful, that they will get rid of you in, in a second. And I think Matt Barnes, he he's uh, saying it, he saw it last season in Memphis, the where the Grizzlies got rid of Mario Chalmers as well. Same thing where, when Chalmers got an Achilles injury. So I think. As fans, we have to remember that you know this. This is these guys' livelihood, yeah. and um, when they make a decision, they have to remember. There is that, no loyalty in basketball. Yeah, they they have a finite window in which to earn earn their money, earn, earn their living. So um, it works. Loyalty, it's a two way street for me. So I, I think uh, there's absolutely credence to what Matt Bum said. Yeah, there is, and I agree. But at the same time, from a 
if you're a team and you've got like someone who's injured that's taking up a roster spot in the Pelicans who need players at the moment, that's sometimes just the reality. Of is it. he is Lance out for the year? No, no. Oh. The Pelicans said that when he comes back, they're open to signing him again. So this was just a circumstantial move. Like it was just something that happened. And he looked, he looked Archie pretty good. Happened he looked to be pretty good. To, he was playing, some yeah. decent numbers. I mean, I do agree, like in parts of it, but at the same time, I mean, like I said, Lois, it's a two-way street. There's two sides to every story as well. And if you're the Pelicans, as tough as it is and harsh and yet, and maybe unethical, you can even say, sometimes it's just the reality of it. it, it it's a business at the end of the day. It and is, isn't it? It's what people, you know, us as fans, we we want to, we want to, um, almost romanticize uh, the game and, and the relationship the teams have with players. But we, we do often forget that it is, is a business at the end of the day. It's very rare that that loyalty goes both ways. Yeah. You see that with yeah. very few players that go through the league. And going back to the Durant thing, it's not yeah. about, it wasn't, wasn't about loyalty for me. It wasn't about lo- leaving the team that he's been with for so long. It was just about the competitive yeah. side of things and yeah. how if you can't beat a team, all that sort of stuff. I don't want to harp on it because no one seems to agree with me. But <laughs> let's get to our Twitter questions, right? And we asked you to, throughout the week, we asked you to send in your Twitter questions using the hashtag SENNBA podcast. Do not just respond to our tweets, you have to make sure to include the hashtag so we can find them relatively easily. And the first question comes from Jordan MFFL. Do you think Bogut will eventually fit with the Mavs style of play, boys? Um, it's an interesting one. I Bogut's not playing bad. I mean, he's defending really well. Dallas have a much better defensive rating with Bogut on the court. Bogut's protecting the rim at a high rate, and he's rebounding a lot more than he than he has previously. So that side of that side of defensively, he's been fine. He's been playing good defensively, but I feel like they haven't used him as much offensively as I expected. Obviously, Bogus not going to score a lot of points, but especially talking to Andrew prior to the season in a column I did for the pick and roll, he was telling me how Rick Carlisle and the Dallas coaches had told him they're going to use him more as a playmaker, similar to the way that Andre Lamarnis used him at the Olympics with the with the Boomers. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't really seen a lot of Bogut at the elbow distributing, and he can do that. Like he's a really, really good passer. And again, we saw that in the Olympics. So, I mean, will he eventually fit? I feel like he he's fitting in a way. Like he's fitting in. He's not playing horribly. Like he's not bad. Like he's playing okay. He's averaging twenty five minutes a night, which is probably going to stay around that mark with his injury history. It's probably going to be about twenty five minutes a night. It's hard because Dallas aren't winning. So it can, you can easily say he's not playing well because Dallas aren't winning. But again, they've had Deron Williams out and Dirk out as well. So I think Bogut's he's playing okay. He's, he's been really good defensively. I think you only have to look at his former team to see the value of someone like yeah, Andrew absolutely. Bogut. Don't know what you've got till you lose it. Yeah, exactly. And I think Bogut, we saw in the Olympics, he's still a very, very good player. And he's not one of those guys who's going to give you 20 points a night. From and the it needs to be that and at you, the um, Warriors either. And if you're expecting Andrew Bogut to give you that, then then obviously you're asking the wrong question. But he's a guy, like Luke said, who his best uh, use at this stage is probably to be a big man playmaker. And in a Mavericks team, which doesn't really have a, a lot of passing in it, um, there he could, he could definitely be used there and almost put him in the middle of the floor and, and space it around him like like we saw with Golden State with guys like Curry and Thompson running off screens. They could easily replicate the same thing if they wanted in, in Dallas. Obviously not to that level of uh, effectiveness. Next question from at Phil underscore James 23. What do you think of the major factors that led to the Bulls going from 3-0 and to 4-3? and D-Wade shooting? Um... Well, Dwayne's still been <laughs> shooting okay, but he shot well, five for six in a loss. He's all, he's shot and he hasn't <laughs> hit a few of them. You know, actually, Chris, if you just check that number for me at the moment, I'll see how how our rage our wage is going. <laughs> but um, back to Phil's question, um, the Bulls um passing has kind of gone by the wayside. They're not moving the ball as proficiently as they did in the first week of the season, and their defense has really softened up. They're giving up some massive point totals. So you can even maybe say. They're just kind of coming back to the norm and what we expected in that they haven't been moving the ball as much and defensively it has been pretty bad. But I if mean, you said in the, if you said at the start of the season they'll be four and three, oh, after you the take seven games, you still take it yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I mean, it's not a disaster. They've lost some. 
I mean, they haven't played great. I mean, they lost to a Knicks team that isn't playing very good at home. Um, they lost to the Pacers, which kind of negates one of the good wins earlier in the year. They lost, they got destroyed by the Pacers the other day. But um, overall, yeah, some things haven't been great. But on the whole, you'd still say it's been a positive start to the season for Chicago. And uh, wager update: D Wade's at forty three point five percent. So they'll, they'll come down. I'm still comfortably clear. Still comfortably in a small sample size. <laughs> Very comfortable. Just about brings us to the end of the episode, boys. Well, no, I've got one more oh, question. Do we? From our friend down at the um, SCM Baseball Podcast. The SCN MLB Podcast. At XTG Player 88. Xavier. Xavier, yep. Xavier, yep. How does Christos get his hair so perfect? Just genetics, really, isn't it? Just I mean, genetics. If, if and Obviously, you can't see Christos at the moment. It's, it's good hair. A nice me. spike it's, it's up very, at the top. Yeah. The, Bit of a shavy. The headphones are kind of ruining it, though. Oh, yeah. So he might not come on the podcast anymore. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, uh, he needs he needs he needs a Beats by Dre you wireless. Just, you just gotta earphones. keep it really short, so you don't have to do much to it. Really That's essentially short. what so, I do. So that is your you fist bump. Yeah. That is your your philosophy. Short I just keep, hair I just keep it short because it doesn't grow. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not a fan of the man bun. The I wouldn't have thought so. Have no, you ever no. tried a bad bun, Luke? I have when I'm playing basketball sometimes. Really? So hair, so, no, because it's a legitimate reason. Sometimes like when my hair was longer, it would fall into my eyes when I was playing basketball. It would right. sweat and he would go down and it would get stuck in my eyes. So I tied it up and that wouldn't happen. Up until this year, I was a big cap wearer just because I couldn't be bothered I'm doing my a hair. Big, yeah. I'm a big cap wearer. Yeah. I've, I, I've stopped wearing caps this year for some reason. But before this year, it, was, it wasn't it was a fashion statement whatsoever. It was more to the fact that I just couldn't be bothered doing my hair Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I can me attest to all that. The time. Same reason why I, I shaved my head for seven years. Every month, I'd just go number one. Really? Yep, for about I'm, seven I'm years. I can't picture that. Yeah. Because I couldn't be really doing oh, my I, hair. I have, I've contemplated shaving my hair. Keep it short. Don't have to do my... I'd seriously... I don't put any product in. You just wake up, yeah. wet it, dry it straight away, and then kind of just... Life's m- good. Mold it. And, and just hope kind of, it stays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's if it's not, it's just short enough that you can kind of hide it a little bit. That's not too bad. So that, that that's, that's the trick, Xavier. Just good, good genetics and... <laughs> life hacks from Making Christos. sure it's short. <laughs> that, that's our final segment. Might need segment. some more of your life hacks if um, <laughs> Trump... He's on oh. track. He's so at the moment, what's what's that? He's got 238 to 215. Again, everyone will know by the time, so there's no real use of uh, updating it. But just so you guys know, he's got, uh, according to 538, 77% chance that uh, he takes out their victory. This and the New York Times time. is still uh, plus 95%. Jesus. Yeah, I can't imagine any results. It's looking, like, it's looking like Hillary's 3-1 down. Well, <laughs> well, Trump what? was 3-1 down at the start of the day. Really? At the, when the votes started coming in, yeah. there was a time that Donald Trump was winning, excuse me, 3-1. to one. He was he winning 3-1? to one. He was up. So everyone started making jokes like Trump's going to lose a 3-1 lead. So the only person to come back, uh, yeah, the only person to keep their 3-1 lead and go on to well, win is going to be the been one a that year no of, It's been a year of upsets, right? That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What are you always looking forward to this week before we finish off? What's the biggest thing basketball was? We haven't really got a a first matchup of KD and 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 um and Westbrook or anything it's like that. It's kind of put me on the spot, but I'm looking forward to uh, D Wade's return to Miami on Friday. Oh yeah, that's yeah. going to that's gonna be on national TV. I feel like we're getting um swamped with too many homecomings too like early. There's been too many like yeah. we had D Rose and Noah the other day. Like it's happening too quickly. Let's just space it out a little yeah, bit. Space that's a good it out. Point. I'm sure. looking forward to that. I'm I'm looking forward to the Cavs visit visit to the White House. Yeah, <laughs> Jr. And, and President Obama. Well, Jr. have his shirt on, and yeah. how, and what's the money that Obama would reference the fact that he is wearing a shirt if he is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah, exactly, hundred yeah. percent. Which would mean he'd have to take it off. Yeah, uh, exactly. So either way, he'll be shirtless. I, I just love the Cavs just getting in there before one of these new presidents are. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think the, the Cubs, unfortunately, no one would the Cubs miss that. The Cubs aren't going <laughs> to get oh, in. No. That's a real shame. That is a shame, isn't it? Yeah. As an Indians fan as well, that I, I feel for them in that regard. <laughs> Maybe it can, they can give back the, the trophy. Right, We've got to get going because we've gone too far over time already as it is. But, boys, you can catch all your stuff, Luke. You're at, uh, you're at Luke Zakari, first of all. Yep. You, can, you write a buttload of articles <laughs> for SCN America, so you can hit us up on at SCN America for that or SCN.com.au. Click on the SCN America tab, top right-hand corner of that screen. And who else do you, you do? You do a whole bunch of stuff. Whole N- NBL for pick and roll and That's all right. other Aussie ball for there. Some A-League for SBS Radio Sports. Just hit me up on Twitter. And He's just a dream on the, uh, of <laughs> sport reporting. He just Sickens does everything. Me. Swiss Army knife. Some footy and the footy bag. cover my crutch around him as well. <laughs>
And Chris, you're right for uh, Believe the Hype as well. Do some stuff for Believe the Hype. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, uh, got a piece out on, on the Clippers uh, just yesterday um, with it being their, uh, potentially their final dance. So um, it's an uh, interesting read. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm at Twitter on uh, Silver 23 so uh, hit me up and... Uh, any questions? We have uh, just spotted. Sorry, we've just spotted a Miami Heat LeBron James jersey out the window there, <laughs> down on Swan Street. There you go. Very Shout con- out to whoever that is. A very got, confused man. They got their headphones on as well. Is that some Beats? I don't know. Oh, He's got the the black no. flex fit snapback on. If if you listen to this this podcast and that's you, tweet us. <laughs> tweet us, and we'll get <laughs> you in next find week. That guy at Heat Fam. <laughs> Heat Fam Six at LBJ Bron Lifer. And you you can find me at Christos Tyler, and make sure. You follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash SEN and at SEN America. Boys, thanks for coming in. No worries, mate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the SEN NBA podcast. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.